Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. All right, all right. Good morning. Good morning. How many of you guys love this weather? I do too. I love it. You know, it's always so good to be able to start our week in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I just want to I just want to tell you that you did the best choice you can make on a Sunday morning. And that is to start your week in the house of the Lord. I want to welcome anybody that may be with us for the first time. We're so glad that you are joining us. Those watching online, whether you're watching live or a few days later, we also acknowledge you. When you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin. If you didn't get one, you can raise your hand and uh, they'll bring one to you. Um, Right before coming up here, I I was uh, made aware of some wonderful news. You want to hear some good news? Some of you may know and some of you may not know, but this morning we have Nigel with us. And some of you are saying, who's Nigel? Well, Nigel had an accident a few weeks back where he was shot and we had been praying for him because his life was at risk, and this morning he is in the house of the Lord. Amen. Nigel, welcome home. Welcome. We're so glad to see you. We've been praying for you. And and Nigel, I want you to know that God is not done with you, my friend. That God has something wonderful for you. Amen. So we thank God for that. Amen. Hey, also, before we jump into the message... I just want to say thank you. Thank you to every single one of you for last Sunday was Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And I just felt, my wife and I and the kids felt so appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for the cards. Thank you for the words. Thank you for the chocolates that my kids have been eating all this week. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the wonderful food. We truly, truly felt appreciated. And you know how we spent our Sunday night? We spent our Sunday night in our living room as a family reading your cards. And we thanked the Lord for you guys. And we and it just filled our 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 heart with so much gratitude. So thank you to those of you that were here. Thank you to those of you that served. Thank you, church, for really loving us. Um, We really felt appreciated. Let, Let me just say that. Amen. Um, I'm so glad for you guys. The words really filled our heart. But, but I want you to know something. Um, I want you to thank you, but I want you to know something. I want you to know that my wife and I and our kids are not Dayspring. Dayspring is much more bigger than just us as a family. Dayspring is every single person that serves. Those people that are so faithful and wonderful People, people that serve in the cafe, people that serve with the kids, people that wake up at seven in the morning to be here to turn on the computers and turn on the lights and people that clean. Dayspring is so much more than just my wife and I. So I wanted to say thank you to you 
for serving. Thank you for being so amazing. Thank you for being so loving, for being so selfless, and for making Dayspring a better place. Now, if you're saying, Pastor, well, I'm not doing any of that, but I want Dayspring to be a better place. Well, I want to tell you three things you can do really quickly. This is not my sermon. Three things you can do to help us make Dayspring better. And if you're not doing these three things, maybe you're just doing one or two or neither. You, you, you got a road for 2023 and say, these are the things that I'm going to do. Number one, get in a life group. Get in a life group. Why a life group? Because in a life group, we, somebody's going to know what you're going through. Some people say, well, I've been sick and nobody knows. Nobody called me. Well, my question is always, who are you connected who in church knows what's going on? Because we don't have the ability to read minds. Did you know that? And unless you're in a life group, we won't know what's going on and we won't have the opportunity to care for you. We cannot read minds. We cannot read hearts. But you know what? When we're together and you don't come, we wonder why. And we'll call you. And then you'll have the opportunity to say, well, you know, I had an accident this week, so I wasn't able to make it. And we can be there and pray for you. So number one, get in a life group. Number two, serve somewhere. Serve somewhere. Serving will help you grow. Serving will develop the heart of Christ in you. There's so many things at church you can do. If you're saying, well, pastor, I'm not good at preaching. Well, could you do cameras? Could you do cleanup? Could you, could you brew a coffee? Could you serve some cupcakes? Could you give a smile as somebody walks in? There's so many ways you can serve. And then the third thing you can do is to give generously towards the mission of Dayspring. Everything we do is not free. I know people say the gospel is free. Yes, the gospel is free. But taking it is not free. Amen? So those three things you can do to help us make Dayspring a better place. Amen? But I just wanted to say thank you. Hey, when you walked in, you should have gotten the bulletin. Inside of it is an outline. You can pull that out to follow along with me. Uh, today, we are going to wrap up our series on a fresh anointing. And we've been talking about a fresh anointing. We took a few weeks off because we had a missionary with us and last Sunday um, was Pastor Appreciation Sunday. But today we're gonna wrap up the series. And let me tell you, next Sunday, I'm excited about next Sunday. You gotta listen to this. Next Sunday, we are going to have what we're calling Mental Health Sunday. And we are going to talk from here about why mental health. And check this out. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a therapist with us. They've been a therapist for over 10 years. She is a woman filled with the spirit of God and loves God. And, and I'm gonna talk to you about what the Bible says about mental health and why should we talk about it? Does God care about our mental health? But then she's going to, to give you some, some information from a professional perspective. And then the third thing that we're going to do understand. next Sunday Seriously. is that we're going to have a Q&A time. We want to answer some of your questions. So what we actually want to invite you to do today is that in front of you, there's a response card. It's a black card. If you have any questions about mental health, either from a Christian perspective or just a practical perspective, we want you to ask them, turn them in in the offering plate, and next Sunday we're going to answer that. Listen to me. I hope you come and I hope you invite somebody. You know that, that weird uncle, that, that weird tia? Bring them. Bring them because they're going to be blessed. You know that, that neighbor that you're like, man, somebody's got to talk to him. Bring him because I believe 
that not only is the Lord going to move in this place, but I believe that there's going to be freedom and there's going to be healing in this place. And on top of that, on top of that, we have a surprise for you next Sunday. I'm not going to tell you what it is until next Sunday. And if you think having a mental health Sunday is a big blessing, when you hear the news we have, you're going to, your, your, your squirrel is going to be rocked out of its world. Amen? <laughs> so, so we're going to be doing that next Sunday. But today, I want to wrap up our series on the fresh anointing. And one of the things that we've wanted to do during the series, one of the side goals that we've wanted to do, was to remove some of the mysticism from the anointing. I think as a Christian, if you're in a church long enough, you'll hear about the anointing. You'll hear about a fresh anointing. You'll hear about a powerful anointing. And I think it's something that we accept, but that we can't always explain. And I think in the minds of a lot of people, there's some type of religious weirdness. There's some type of mysticism. There's some type of, of just awkwardness when we talk about the anointing. Some of you, you think of the anointing and you think of Benny Hinn. Or you think of, an, of a tele-evangelist. And if I were to ask you, would you define what, what the anointing is? Some people may say, well, it's a spiritual feeling. It's a divine feeling. It's a religious practice or a religious manifestation. And some people even think that the anointing is determined by your length in your faith walk. That the longer you've been a Christian, the more anointed you are. But that, also, that isn't the case always. I've known people that have been Christians for a long time that are in the same stage as when they first came to Christ. But I also know people that have been walking with the Lord only for a year or two and their growth and their anointing is exponential. You know, you hear people say, oh, hey, Liana sings so anointed. Preaches so anointed. But we don't always, oh, nobody said, yeah? Okay. But we don't always know, and we're not always clear as to what the anointing means. And before we wrap this series, we didn't just want you to know that the anointing is what God uses to start something new. Anytime God wants to do something new, he anoints you. And the anointing is the move of the Holy Spirit in the life of individuals. To anoint is a dynamic that is very practical. I illustrated it the first week. It's to pour oil or to smear oil on someone. Now, I want you to know that the oil and the, and the act of smearing oil in itself doesn't have power. That the power comes from two places. Number one, that it is what God ordained that we should do. It is, it is his word that makes the act of anointing somebody a powerful event. But, but the second thing that makes the anointing powerful is the faith and the obedience of the individual. When we say, I want to be anointed, and I'm walking up to be anointed because I am believing that God is going to do something new. It is that faith combined with the authority of God that come together to make the anointing something powerful and something wonderful. There's nothing weird. There's nothing mystical. There's nothing magical about being anointed. 
Being anointed is a practical thing that God ordained that combined with our faith and our obedience produces wonderful and powerful results. Why? Why? How is it that God does this powerful thing, this powerful move? Simple. The Holy Spirit, the anointing is the move and the word and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you have your outline with you, look at what Psalm 92.10, this has been the key verse of our series. And look at what it says. It says, you grown my strength. You've grown my strength like the horn of a wild ox. In other words, you've made me strong. You've elevated me. You've taken me to a new place, a high place. Now, how is it that he did this? I was anointed with fresh oil. And that's what we've been doing in this series. In this series, we've been talking about the reasons why God wants to anoint us. Bring it up more. About the reasons why God wants to anoint us. Can I get a little more volume on the uh, monitors? I feel like I, I'm screaming at myself. Um, we've been talking about the reasons why God wants to anoint us. And we've already mentioned some of them. Let's review them. Number one, you need a fresh anointing. Because the anointing restores you. Number two, you need a fresh anointing because the anointing empowers you. Number three, you need a fresh anointing because the anointing sanctifies you. It sets you apart. As God says, you are my child and he, and he calls you his own. And today I want to look at the last reason why. We need a fresh anointing because the anointing activates us. Would you fill that out in the outline? You need a fresh anointing because the anointing activates you. We've learned that the anointing is a symbol of the work of the Holy Spirit. And when God wants to do something new, if God is going to do something new in your life, you need to move the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Without the Holy Spirit moving in your life, you're going to remain stuck. You're going to remain inactive. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit that activates the change, that activates the life of God in our lives. Now, here's what you got to know, please. And, I, and I've already mentioned this. Do not make the mistake of expecting to come up, be anointed, and suddenly your whole life to change at that moment. Can God do that? Yes, he can. Does he do that? Not typically. Not always. Not usually. How is it that the anointing works in our life? You know how it works? Over time. It's progressive. It's dynamic. It's when you're at work that the anointing begins to take effect by telling you, don't be a jerk, be loving. It is when you, when you have an argument with your wife that the Holy Spirit comes and he tells you, this is not a, a time to be right, but this is a time to be gracious. <clears throat> that is how the anointing takes effect. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit, not just in a moment. And, and at the moment, we may feel goosebumps. We may feel the presence of God. We may feel a peace that comes upon us. But the true work does not happen at the moment. It happens progressively as we walk in the Spirit. But it is the anointing that activates the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And look, here's what you got to know. God has a wonderful life for you, not just in the eternity, but in this life. 
David said, I know that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's not just about eternity. Eternity is going to be wonderful. But, but listen, that, that doesn't mean that our life has to be full of suffering and misery. But on the other hand, it also doesn't mean that you shall never suffer. Because even Jesus suffered. Because even the disciples suffered. But they suffered differently because at the end of the day, God always used it for good. Look at what Luke 24, 49 says. It says, and now, this is Jesus speaking, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay in the city until when? Until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from where? We need that power from heaven. We have a lot of mental power. We have a lot of physical power. But mental and physical power are not enough to defeat and change some of the things that need changing in our life. We need the power from heaven to take us out of the rut. We need the power from heaven to take us out of sin. We need the power of heaven to transform our minds. And Jesus says, stay here until the Holy Spirit comes and he fills you with power. Now look at Acts 2.38 and 39. It says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then look at this. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So so let me stop there. Number one, the first thing you got to know about the anointing is that it is only given to those that place their faith in Jesus. To those who have asked God for forgiveness and made Jesus their Lord. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, you cannot have the anointing of God. Because the anointing of God is the, is, the, is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes to those that receive Jesus. But look at what he continues on to say. It says, this promise, look at this, this is wonderful. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Now, I want you to notice two things about that verse, or I want to emphasize two things about that verse. The first thing that I want to emphasize is the, that the anointing is not just for pastors and leaders. That the anointing is not just for people like Angel who got ordained. That the anointing is for everybody. That the anointing includes you. It includes your rebellious children. It includes your mother-in-law. It includes the person next to you. That the anointing is for everybody who has called on the name of the Lord. So, so, so you, you, you got to get out of this mentality and say, well, I don't need an anointing because I'm not up there singing. I don't need an anointing because I'm not up there teaching. No, you need an anointing because you need the power of God working in your life. But the second thing I want to emphasize about this passage is that here's what you got to know. You got to know when this happened, when it was that Peter said this. You know when he said this? After he had been filled with the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost. Because just a few days before, this is the same Peter that had denied and cussed at Jesus three times in one night. This is the same Peter that when he was told, hey, you're one of those that was with him, he cussed and denied Jesus. But now, but now we find Peter in front of a multitude preaching the gospel, telling them about the good news with courage and firmness. And the question is, What's the difference? 
What caused that change? What took him from somebody that denied Jesus to somebody who had courage to preach about Jesus? Simple. The work of the Holy Spirit in his life. The anointing of the Holy Spirit in his life. And what's going to change you from this timid, reserved, quiet, secret Christian to somebody who praises God and gives God the glory and tells others, it's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to take you from a place of fear to a place of courage. He's the one that's going to take you from a place of greediness to a place of generosity. He's the one that's going to take you from a place of pessimism to a place of faith. It is, it is the anointing that activates us. And it activates us. I want to mention three things that it activates. Would you fill this out in your outline? Number one, the anointing activates you or the work of the Holy Spirit activates you, number one, to receive the joy of our salvation. To receive the joy of our salvation. Now, you got to listen to me. This is really important. All of us in this room are here, not because we woke up and we said we need God. None of us in this room have come to salvation because one day something clicked and we said we need God. No, you are not in a relationship with God because you took the first step. Every single one of us in this place is here because the Holy Spirit first began to work in our heart. It is He who brings us to the Lord. It is He who begins the work. So if you ever had a moment where you said, man, this is not right. I need God. I want you to know that that was the Holy Spirit working in your heart. Because none of us, apart from the Holy Spirit, could recognize where we were. That's why, that's why you see people in sin. That's why you see people wasting their life away. And you say, how could they not see that not only are they destroying their lives, but that what they're doing is so wrong? How could they not see it? And the answer is, they can't see it because they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. They're dead spiritually. And see, the first activation that the Holy Spirit does is to bring us to salvation. See, because all of us, all of us, all of us in this room, we were dead in our sins and in our transgressions. We were doing our own thing. Some of you were drunks. Some of you were, were, were easy people. Some of you were thieves. Some of you were mean people. And, and you were in your sin. And one day, the Holy Spirit, whether it was through somebody, a TV show, uh, 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 something that happened, you, you came to your senses and said, wait a minute, what I'm doing is not right. There was a conviction in you. There was a desire in you to say, I've had enough of this. I want something better and I believe that God can offer it for me. And that is the first activation of the Holy Spirit, that he activates us, that he begins that word. He convicts us so that we can be led to salvation. None of us are saved here because we chose God. He chose us. So if there's a nudging in your heart, if, there, if, if, if you may call it your conscience, you may call it whatever you want to, but if there's something in you that says you need to be at church, you need to be spending with time, I want you to know that that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Look at what the Bible says in John 16, 7. 
He says, and he, and Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit, and he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and what? Judgment. Judgment. The first thing that the anointing does, the first work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to tug at our hearts to bring us to God. Let me tell you, you want to get closer to God? You need the Holy Spirit. You want to go deeper with God? You need the Holy Spirit. You want to be able to hear the voice of God? You need the Holy Spirit. You want the power of God in your life? You need the Holy Spirit. And see, this morning, if you're here, and maybe your faith is weak, maybe your faith is lukewarm, or maybe you're struggling to have faith, I want you to know that the anointing will stir up your faith. That the anointing will will lead you to saying, I want more of God. I want to rejoice in the fact that I am saved. Every morning when I wake up, I I thank God for two things every single day. Number one, I thank Him for life. But number two, I thank Him for eternal life. Because what good would it be to live if your destiny is a destiny of destruction and death? Not only can I breathe, but I can also breathe the Holy Spirit in me because he's the assurance of my salvation. Amen? Yeah. Salvation gives us three joys. Let me give you three, three reasons you need to be saved. You need to be joyful that you are saved. How many saved people we got? Amen. Now, here's what you got to know, young people. Perfect and good people don't go to heaven. Heaven is not filled with good and perfect people. Heaven is filled with forgiven people. Amen? So here's three joys of our salvation really quickly. Number one, fill this out in your outline. The first joy is the joy of forgiveness. You know why we're saved? Because we've been forgiven. Anybody mess up before they came to Christ? Anybody mess up after they came to Christ? You know how wonderful it is to know that when we repent and we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I recognize what I did was wrong and I am going to change that God forgives us. The Bible says that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So, so, so any guilt, any shame that the enemy tries to remind you of, if you've asked God for forgiveness, you got to tell him, hey, I'm not guilty of that anymore. Take it up with the big boss. And so the, so the first reason we ought to be joyful every day on Sundays is because we're saved and salvation means that we've been forgiven. But the second joy of our salvation is the joy of purpose. It's not only that we're forgiven, but that we are given new life with a new meaning. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this next. <coughs> the third joy <coughs> is the joy of destiny. Is the joy of destiny. It's the joy of knowing where our eternity is going to be. This week, Manolo and I had a funny encounter, and uh, we went out to run early in the morning, and it was like 47 degrees, and uh, I came out of my car, and I was like, oh, man, it's cold. And, and he said to me, he says, if you think this is cold, you're not going to like hell. And I said, well, I don't care because that's not where I'm going anyways. And he says, see, you got it wrong because hell is not going to be cold. Hell is going to be hot. And I said, it doesn't matter to me if hell is hot or hell is cold because I know that's not where I'm going. Hell could be lukewarm for all I care. I don't care because I know that it's not where my destiny is. 
I know that when I die, I will go to be with the Lord, not because I'm a good person, but because Jesus was perfect. Because Jesus lives in my heart. See, and that's the assurance that we have. That's the joy that our salvation gives us. So the Holy Spirit activates us to have joy regarding our salvation. But the second thing that the Holy Spirit activates, and you can fill this out in your outlines, is to live in fullness. To live in fullness. I want you to know that God is not a miserable God. That God doesn't want you to live in insufficiency. That God is a generous God. And one of the areas that he's generous in is in the type of life that he gives us. Now, church, listen to me. This is really, really important. It's one thing to receive the Spirit and be born of the Spirit. That's what we call salvation. Listen to me. Let me say that again. You got to get this. Young people, you got to get this. It's one thing to receive the Spirit and be born of the Spirit. That is to be saved. It's a whole other thing to have the fullness of the Spirit and to have a life in the Spirit. Okay, let me explain it this way. There's a lot of Christians that have been born of the Spirit, but they are not living in the fullness of the Spirit. Can I explain the difference? Let me explain it this way. There's a lot of Christians that have been forgiven of their sins, but they are still living in bondage, that are still living in defeat, that are still living in sin, that are still living in... In, in, in the things that they used to do. Why? Not because they haven't been forgiven, but because they haven't received the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And the second thing that the Holy Spirit activates is that He activates the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your lives. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. The Holy Spirit doesn't just want to produce new life in you. He wants to produce a victorious life in you. He doesn't just want you to be alive in Christ. He wants you to live a victorious life in Christ. Because when we walk in the Spirit, we're going to live the life of God. And, and just, just follow me through this. Does, does God lose battles? Does God live in sin? Does God experience defeat after defeat after defeat? Does God live confused? Is God always suppressed by, by the horrible circumstances around Him? No, and the life of Christ, the life of God in us comes through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Not just as we have that one encounter where we acknowledge Jesus as our Savior, but where we walk every day in the Spirit, in the anointing, so that we can have the life of God in our lives. So here's a question. It's one thing to be forgiven, but it's another thing to be empowered. Do you have the power of God actively working in your lives? Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, and, 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 and I could be wrong, but I wonder if we're missing the power of God so much in our lives that that's why our marriages are struggling. That that's why our children are walking away from the Lord. That that's why we're so complacent about where we are in life and we're so easy to accept sin and we're so easy to excuse sin. God doesn't just want to save you through the anointing. He wants to activate you so that you can have the fullness of God in your life and you can walk in victory. Amen. Last Sunday, I received the greatest news that I received in a long time. 
of my dad. And I want to tell you something. I want to confess something to you. That Saturday before we had had prayer, we were here for prayer. By the way, we missed a lot of you guys there. If you can't say amen, say yeah. Um, we were in prayer. And we have a time of individual prayer. And I have to confess this to you. I pray for the very first time. Lord, if my dad is not coming back, give us the strength. Do the work in us so that we can accept that, deal with it, and continue to walk in you. And, and I'll admit to you, it was almost a prayer of defeat. I was like, Lord, he might not come. Because I had been talking to my dad, and he was frustrated. He was like, I got nothing left in me. I don't know how much more, longer I could do this. He was even talking about possibly crossing over illegally. But I told him, no, Dad, no, you got to trust in God. You got to wait in God. God is going to do it. Uh, you know, God is so good. We just got to wait. We just got to wait. You've been faithful for almost three years. Why would you quit now? But in my personal time, I, that's what I pray. And look at what God answered the next day. I came to learn later that it was that Saturday morning that he got the email about his appointment. Why? Because we may live, we may live attacked for a moment, but God doesn't mean for us to, lead, to live defeated all of our lives. The problem is that we give up. The problem is that we stop looking for him, that we stop relying on him, that we stop obeying him. And that's why these battles become defeats instead of them becoming testimonies of victory. So the first thing the Holy Spirit activates is the joy of salvation. The second thing he activates is so that we can live in the fullness. But the third thing that he activates, and you can fill this out in your outline, is that he activates us so that we can impact the world. He activates us so that, he can, so that we can impact the world. Let me finish it up with this. Look at what. John 20, 21 through 22 says, this is Jesus speaking and he says, peace be with you. Look at what he says. He's talking to his disciples. As the father has sent me, so am I what? Sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive what? The Holy Spirit. Now, when did this happen? This happened after Jesus resurrected. And, and look at what he says. Look at this wonderful thing that he, that he does. Jesus says, hey, God sent me to accomplish a great task. God sent me to change the world. God changed me to do, to, chose me to do something wonderful. And now, listen to this, I am sending you. He says, the mission that was given to me, I want to give it to you. The way that I changed the world, the way that I impacted the world, the way that I made the difference, the way that I was a change, I want you to be a change now. And then what did he do? He didn't say, go and figure it out. Go and see what you could do. Go and find the latest model. No, Jesus then what? He brought the Holy Spirit unto them. Church, here's what you need to know. The anointing activates you to impact the world. I want you to know that we are on a mission and the mission is not the American dream, but the kingdom of God. And we are not to do it with, with any other gadget other than in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You got to believe this morning that if you're still alive, it is because God has a purpose for you. Whether it is to change the, the future of your family, whether it is to change your community, whether it is to change your nation, but God has a purpose for every single one of us. And most of us, we're, we're, we're too content with getting a raise. We're too content with taking vacation twice a year. God has something bigger for us. God wants the world to be different because you lived. God wants heaven to be populated because you made a difference. We are on a mission and we forget that mission. You know how much of a difference being on a mission makes? Let, let me illustrate it this way. I'm getting ready to finish, but let me illustrate it this way. How many of you guys hate going to work on Monday? Most people hate going to work on Monday, right? Now, if you wake up on Monday, if you wake up on Monday before you go to work and you start thinking about, oh, I got to pay the bills. I got to buy my kit this. I got I to gotta buy a stove. That's not much motivation to go to work, right? That's more like obligation. And some of you are very irresponsible and that's why you call in. But that's not much motivation, right? But, but listen, what if on a Monday morning you said, I'm going to work because I'm this close to buying my house. I'm going to work because I'm not just going to work. I'm building a career. I'm building a dream. Suddenly your motivation is a whole lot different, right? Well, when it comes to our faith and we say, well, I got to get up and read the Bible because the preacher said that's what we ought to do. There isn't much motivation to do that. Oh, I'm going to church because they got a cafe. That's not much motivation to come to church. Debbie, Tony, you guys do a wonderful job at the cafe. I'm not, I'm not. But listen, once you understand, once you understand that you're on a mission, that there's lives that God wants to change because of you, then coming to church won't be an option. Say, I got to go to church because I'm on a mission. And I'm going to go to church because I need to be in the presence of God and I need to hear the word of God so that I can be better prepared to accomplish the mission that God is going to do. And maybe you're saying, but pastor, maybe that's for you, not for me. That's not true. Because the beautiful thing about the anointing is that God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary stuff through them. God takes common people. God takes people that others have rejected. And he says, I'm going to make my power shine through them. I've said this before from this stage. And I want to say it again because I believe it with all my heart. I believe that God is going to use me to pastor one of the largest churches in America. And we're going to make a difference. And maybe you're saying, well, why, you, why have you been stuck in Daysprung for so long? I don't know why Joseph was stuck in the dungeon for so long. But I know he didn't stay in the dungeon. That's good. And I, the reason I stay faithful, the reason I don't quit when others quit, the reason I don't get distracted when others get distracted is because I'm on a mission. And listen, God took an immigrant child from Aguascalientes, Mexico, La Barranca, which is like the worst town. I mean, if you know Spanish, La Barranca says it right. It's like one of the worst towns. Listen to this. God took a child, an immigrant child from a poor family in some small town in Mexico. And he brought him to the, one of the greatest states in the world. One of the most known cities in the world, L.A. And he's using me here. I want you to know he's not done with me. Yeah. 
you're going to see what God is going to do in our lives. If you stick with God, you're going to see what God can do with your life. But we need the anointing. We need the anointing to be reminded that salvation is something that we ought to be proud of. That God has a better life for us. That He wants to give us the fullness of the Holy Spirit and that God wants to use you to change your job. God wants to use you to change where you live. God wants to use you to change your family. And some of you are saying, but pastor, we've been trying, we've been trying, keep trying until God does it. I want you to know that every time, that every time you tell somebody about Christ, you're bringing them closer and closer to Christ. How many times did it take you to come to Christ? Some of you, you didn't come the first time. You came up there a hundred times. Some of you, you're still fighting God, but God hasn't given up on you. So why should we give up on others? So church, as we close our series on the anointing, we want to anoint you. We want to pray for you. And I want to ask the team to come up. And I want to remind you, the power, the beauty, the greatness of the anointing is not found in a simple oil. It's found in the fact that he decreed it and that you believe it. So as we close up our series, we want to pray for you. We want to anoint you. And if you have a specific need, maybe you need healing, we're going to anoint you and pray for healing. Maybe, maybe you have a relationship that isn't working out. Well, I believe God can redeem it. But perhaps what you need this morning for God to restore the joy of, our, of your salvation. For you to say, i got to get serious about my faith. Or maybe you need the power to live a life of victory in the Spirit. Or maybe you know God has been tugging at you, that God has been calling you because He wants to use you to make a difference. And maybe you're like Peter before, before the day of Pentecost where you're denying and you're fighting God. Well, the anointing will make all the difference and will give you the courage give you the favor to go out and impact the world. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.